Welcome to the Profitable Farmer Podcast, where we share stories and tips to help you run a better farming business and create your very own freedom farm. If you're looking to work smarter and not harder in your farm business, welcome, you're in the right place. G'day, welcome again to Profitable Farmer. We have some incredible farming families in our community. Um, And over the course of the next three to six months, I'm going to share quite a few stories with you about their success. In addition, we have this construct that I think most of our farming families um, are in pursuit of, and it's, it's called having a freedom farm. So we think that businesses and farms should work for us, not us for them. And um, that requires strong teams, strong systems, really well-documented strategic plans, all of those things. But I love the fact that of the 150 Platinum Mastermind members and our 100-plus alumni members in our community, that they are all defining their definition of what Freedom Farm means to them and in pursuit of that with our support. And so over the course of the next few weeks and months, I can't wait to share with you some amazing stories. The first one in this episode, I'm really excited to introduce one of our Farm Owner Academy business coaches and one of our first inaugural members of the Platinum Mastermind, Marina and Brett Gregor from Kangaroo Island. Um, Marina, wonderful having you join Profitable Farmer. It's great having you part of the FOA team. But what's really incredible about this story is that I'm speaking with Marina and she's sitting in Alberta, Canada on a four-month family holiday um, while their farm continues to operate with their leadership from a distance but incredibly well without them. Marina, this has been a lifelong dream of yours, I think, and certainly one of your goals when you started with farm owners. Thank you for your time. How's life in Canada and how's the family holiday so far? Thanks for having me, Hutch. I'm actually getting a bit emotional now hearing you say that. It's um, been a long journey to get to this point, but it's really, really exciting to be sitting in Canada. We never thought we'd we'd get here, so thanks for having me. Oh, it's awesome having you, Marina. So you've been over there two weeks and I think you've just got back from the Rockies. Would you mind just kicking off just by describing what your next four months or the four-month holiday looks like? I think you're renting a cottage on a farm near a friend, um, helping them a little bit in farming, but you know, the base that you have there allows you to really explore this. Would you mind just how, what, is your, what does your holiday look like for you and your family? We've set up um, a base in an old a farmhouse, um, which is great. Um, we're going travelling every couple of weeks, so we've got somewhere to come back to. We're helping friends on their farm, their seeding. Um, in the four months that we're going to be here, it's going to be their whole growing season. So we'll get seeding and harvesting, which will be exciting to see and help out with. Um, the kids are playing baseball in town and uh, have joined in with swimming lessons. So it's great to be a part of the community and to travel, travel this beautiful country. So I imagine Brett's loving being part of the Canadian farm and probably out in the paddock a fair bit. And your three children, Charlie, James and Bronte, seven, five and two respectively, 
How are they finding it so far? Yeah, good. They're loving having us with them all the time. It's um, it's just like a continuous school holiday. So lots of family time and family adventures, which is um, something we don't always get at home because we're so busy on the farm. Um, but yeah, there's we've had a few little teething problems settling in around food and healthcare and things, but it's all an adventure. We even went to Walmart this morning, and it was it was a good good experience. Completely different to probably what you're used to at Pandana in on Kangaroo Island Marina. Yeah, no words compare. <laughs> <laughs> and how were the Rockies? Just quickly, I think you're just back from the Rockies. Oh, they were beautiful. Uh, we saw snow. Um, it was raining. The sun was out at times. Uh, lots of hiking, and we're still chasing that elusive bear. But we've got plenty of hikes to come. Hopefully, we'll find one. Amazing, Marina. So how long has living in Canada been a goal for you and for Brett? Eight years. It's uh, We joined farm owners eight years ago, about eight years ago, and it's been our BHAG since then. It was um, to, live and, to live and work, uh, obviously we're holidaying this time, uh, in Canada for uh, between three and 12 months. Um, yeah, so it's been a long time coming. Hence the emotions. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's quite incredible. When I first started business coaching 15 years ago, my first client, um, the first goal we set for them was that they have 12 months in Italy um, and they went to work systemizing their business over a few years and they got to do that. And it stays with them and their children and their family. It's just the most incredible sort of life adventure for them I can only imagine that this is you know this is incredible for you guys and you know congratulations on getting to here it is quite incredible thanks Hutch so Marina what does having a freedom farm and you know we touched on this just before we started the interview that having a freedom farm it's kind of never done you're always going to be improving but but what does having a freedom farm mean to you and the way I interpret it is it's the freedom to farm um, so it means I've got flexibility and opportunity um, that we're not tied to our farm 24-7. Um, for me, it's been, it really comes down to mindset and how, how we feel about it. So I think we're 70% of the way there, um, but always a work in progress. We might come back to this later, but how much work has gone into setting the structure, the systems, the team, the foundations in place so that you can step away from your farm? How much, on reflection, how much effort have you and Brett both put into getting to here? I think over the years we've been, I suppose, passively um, putting things in place without even knowing it, um, improving infrastructure, making it user-friendly for um, for staff, um, buying new equipment, um, Building systems and things, they really came at the last minute. Um, we had a few in place, but when you didn't have a team, there wasn't really the motivation to build these systems for a future team. But as soon as we were committed in the last, we only committed in December and we left in April. So in that uh, four or five month turnaround, that's when it all happened and it really just t- came down to that commitment. Marina, I think succession happened for you and Brett back in 2015 and that kind of coincided when you started your journey with Farm Owners Academy. 
Would you mind describing the business now and then we might come back to how the business looked then, but just to give everyone a sense of the team and the business that you have working for you on Kangaroo Island while you're in Canada, what does what does the business look like now? Uh, we run 3,000 acres, uh, about 10K south of Pandana on Kangaroo Island. It's a third-generation family farm. Um, it stocked at about 17,000 DSE, um, and two-thirds are joined to Merino and one-third uh, to a terminal. Sorry. So that's what it looks like right now. Um, the team that we've got working with us um, in our absence, um, we've got Alex, he's the operations manager, and Georgia is his operations assistant. They're doing an excellent job. Brilliant. And how do you describe your role and Brett's roles in the business? Uh, Brett would be the CEO. He's the leader, the visionary. Um, and my area would be finance and admin and support um, and being a stay-at-home mum as well. Yeah, perfect. Thank you. And a coach with FOA and making a massive impact on many of our members, which is which is awesome. What about back in 2015? When you took on the farm, would you mind just sort of describing how it looked then and, um, you know, in terms of how many systems and team and stocking rate and all of all of those same details. It'd just be great to give people a picture of, of then versus now. Yep, sure. Um, so we were running 2,000 acres back then. Uh, we had multiple enterprises. There was merinos, crossbreds, um, cattle and cropping and contracting. Uh, so, yeah, lots of things on the go. Um, we worked with Brett's parents, which was great. Um, the systems that in place were probably, I think all, all of the information was in so the topping computer. It was in um, Brett's dad's head and he passed it down to Brett's head. Um, but, yeah, well, they were really welcoming. I was able to contribute in the farm as well. So it was really good. Good fun times. Um, then we went through succession. We got married, had a baby. So lots of change was afoot in those early years. So in terms of that that business, I would only imagine that Brett would have been full-time. Were you sort of full-time in the business back then? I think Brett's parents. Did you have team then at all, Marina? Uh, I worked full-time off-farm as an accountant before kids um no it was it was Steve and Brett um and then it became Brett only and I contributed yeah so back in 2015 Marina in terms of budgets benchmarks um some of the structure and systems that you get to enjoy now was there much of that in place back then no there wasn't at all it was all done um by Brett and his dad um and it, a lot of it was done on the fly well that's my version of it anyway so no so with joining FOA at about that same time no doubt you would have been sort of exposed to and started the benchmarking journey um benchmarks then to now and and getting into that process and and getting set up to be able to benchmark your business how was how was that and how valuable has benchmarking been for you and Brett 
Uh, it's it's been yeah really important in our business. It's something we do every um, July August because we do the financial year. Um, in early years, I still remember doing it in paper and Excel. It's really come a long way. Um, but we made some big changes after those early benchmarks. After a couple of years, so we were running multiple enterprises, cattle cropping, contracting, and things. Um, we decided to wrap up the cattle and contracting, and and the crossbreds, and we moved solely into merinos. So we made some big changes around that. Um, other changes we've made, um, we've upped our stocking rate um, probably by 50%. Um, our grazing structure has changed, our fertiliser history has um, improved, uh, our supplementary feed, that was a real standout out of our benchmark. I think obviously not in relative terms now, but we were feeding out about 8 or 9 dollars per DSE in sub feed um, and being, becoming a part of the farm owners group we were able to um, ask really strong questions of other people who were outperforming us in the same enterprises and they were feeding 15 to 20 dollars a DSE and it's like we would never would have dreamed of doing that like that was just not in our in our nature and our knowledge um, and so we've got over the years we've had the confidence and now yeah we're Topping more than twenty dollars a DSE, um, but yeah, it's it's returned to our farm and it's returned to our to our livestock as well. How do you reflect, Marina, on that difference? Back then, half the stocking rate, but three or four livestock enterprises compared to now, where you're running significant stocking rate with a more focused enterprise mix. How much more simple is the current model to run than what you? were running back then. Absolutely. I think that was our goal, why we went this way. Um, we were able to streamline our infrastructure to the one enterprise. Um, the Our systems and resources have all been able to adapt to that to that one enterprise. Um, yeah, it's a vast difference from where we were. Amazing results. And, and achieving some of those things, like that growth in stocking rate, um, and the other KPIs, how does that flow through in terms of your results now in benchmarking? And what are you most proud of that you achieve through the benchmarks and by way of performance in the farm business now? Um, our, our returns have improved. I suppose all the lines are going in the right direction. Uh, our cost management and our gross income per hectare are heading in the right direction. Obviously, they're up and down, but we're looking at those long-term trends and having eight years of data really gives you some good history there and some comfort um, covering those mistakes that I <laughs> previously made in benchmarks. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a significant tool in our, in our business and one we're definitely going to stick with for a very long time. You've got an accounting a master's in accounting and a finance background, even with that, when you arrived to the farm and, and took on financial management, um, how much more was there to learn around budgeting, finance, benchmarking and applying the skills that you already had to actually driving the farm for? I think with all these things, it's about implementation. Like you can have the skills and the knowledge or the passion or whatever, but it's how you implement it in your business. So I had a great passion for numbers and things, so it made that bit easy. Um, 
but when you're finally able to jump in and do it for your own business, it's really exciting to see what what you can create. Awesome. Thank you. Marina, we're big on having a strategic plan and, as you say, then accountability around implementation to that plan. How helpful has it been on your journey to get that plan out of people's heads onto paper and then have that accountability around implementation. I think you guys have been really strong on that over the journey. How helpful has it been having that documented, concise, sort of focused plan and then, you know, having that support to implement? I love the cap and I love how I can use it in my personal life, our farm life. I'm even thinking of doing one for just a little snapshot of our time in Canada and I can just break it down into monthly blocks just to see that I'm on track and dealing with the bricks and the issues that come up and so we get the most out of our time here. Um, For our farm, it's been pivotal. Like we wrote our BHAG down of spending time in Canada and it sat on our wall for eight years, a dusty little bit of paper and um, it's it's so powerful being able to write it down and, and see it regularly. And in the months leading up to Canada, like we were pretty stressed and overwhelmed. Um, Our go-to in a weekly meeting was to jump onto cat page two and offload everything in the brick list um, and remove that overwhelm and and, um, just see our priorities, what were our four key priorities that that were going to get our business to get us to Canada. Um, And that, yeah, it helped immensely. I feel lost without it, (laughs) to tell you the truth. (laughs) So I did an interview with Sam Johnson two podcasts ago. So for those of you that are wondering what a brick list is and what um, a BHAG is um, and what a CAP is, our Clarity Action Plan is our strategic planning template. Um, BHAG and brick lists are all part of what make that strategic plan up. So really encourage you to go and have a listen to that interview that I did with Sam Johnson where we unpacked the power and the importance of having that strategic plan in place. It's just wonderful to hear how you set that down, that big, hairy, audacious goal, the 10-year goals, the three-year goals, Marina, sort of seven or eight years ago, and that you've stayed with it. And now we get to sort of sit back and look at you guys living the dream that you set out for yourselves all that time ago. It's quite amazing. Exciting. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, um, what other things have you implemented recently to get to Canada and then over the longer journey that um, have made a significant impact on you getting the structures, the systems and and building out team? Um, So in the months leading up to Canada, um, we made, I don't know, implemented a lot of things. with the team now, we're having weekly meetings uh, every Monday. Brett's on FaceTime with them and and touching base. Uh, we've got our systems recorded on Dropbox so we can I don't know, update and communicate and everyone can access them. It's working really well. Um, we're using WhatsApp and um, the Apple Notes on the, on the phone um, just to communicate regularly. It's tricky with the time difference. You guys are about 16 hours ahead of us. So there's only a few out, a few hours that overlap in the day. Uh, so that's been working really well for us. Um, six months ago, we did not have employees on our farm. So we've built our team uh, very quickly. Um, 
the opportunity arrived and we approached someone and it's just it's worked so well I couldn't have asked for anything more um so systems around staff and recruitment have been implemented um yeah it's it's been busy <laughs> to say the well, least <laughs> like cramming for an exam to get away but there's nothing like a deadline to make stuff happen right oh absolutely as soon as we committed in when Brett said in December like let's go to Canada um, I'm like, sure. Are you are you really sure? It's like, yeah, let's do it. Book it. Let's go. And our our mindset, um, our energy levels, everything just changed instantaneously. It was incredible. I'm like, all we had to do was commit. It was that simple. I won't say it was that easy. It took us eight years to commit. Um, but it's it's that simple. It's the commitment and having that clarity and committing to it, it's incredibly powerful. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, so you mentioned recruiting systems, induction systems. You've got an organisational chart. No doubt your team are clear on their goals. Their roles are defined. The tasks on the farm are all systemised. I can only imagine the strength of your financial management systems, Marina. I'm sure they're watertight as well. Um, on reflection now, how well systemised and how well structured is your business now and what growth is achievable now that you have got those things in place? Yeah, a lot of these systems we have created and implemented in the last six months, so it doesn't need to take a long time to be able to do it, just some dedication and focus. Um, I don't know, I think the sky's the limit. Like we're genuinely still in shock sitting here that we're off the farm and and two passionate sheep-loving people uh, are where they want to be and, and growing themselves and, and growing our business. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to say. I don't know what's next. <laughs> Another cap perhaps, some more oh, three-year goals beyond this BHAG. I mean, when, you, when you achieve a BHAG, and I love hearing our members that they set this BHAG and five or six or seven or eight years from now they've already achieved that and then they have to lock themselves away and, and reset. Um, do you have any sense of what your 10-year goals are from here or what that big, hairy, audacious goal for the next chapter might be? Uh, a few ideas but nothing uh, documented on our cap yet. It's one of our goals is just to, um, I suppose, reset and refresh and come out back to Australia um, in September with our our new cap done and some long-term clarity there. So dare, dare say there'll be probably some more farming and probably some cropping in there too. I think you've earned the right just to enjoy celebrating, you know, the achievement of this BHAG, worrying about resetting later on at the end of this holiday perhaps, Marina? Plenty of time for that. <laughs> Marina, you mentioned all the structures and systems that you've put in place. Practically looking at the farm today compared to 2015, you mentioned doubling stocking rate and um, you know, driving performance. Practically and physically, what other improvements have you made over that time to, to lift the performance of the farm? Uh, it, looks, it looks quite different now. Um, a lot less equipment, I'd say, because we're 
clear on our enterprise and where our focus needs to be. So that was easy to downsize and prioritize there. Um, there's a few more shiny toys around um, grain sheds and feed carts and that kind of thing. We're looking to um, just improve the safety and the usability of um, our equipment. Um, lots larger raceways and we've built some containment yards in the last couple of years. So, um, yeah, it's definitely the capital is was easier to spend when we knew what direction we were heading. Yeah, perfect. Thank you. And what's it like now having and leading a team that can give you this opportunity, if you like, compared to even just 12 months ago when you didn't have the team that you have now? Uh, this one I'm probably answering for Brett. It's um, This is in charge of that. But having a team has given us the opportunity to do this. Like we we would never have been able able to to come to Canada for such a long time um, without the team in place. Um, yeah, very, very, very grateful to be able to find um, two people who are really passionate about working with sheep um, and they're really grasping the opportunity to step up in our absence um, with our support and guidance. Um, yeah, it's been a really positive experience and, yeah, I look forward to how it's going to evolve once we get back and over the coming few years, it's exciting. Where did you find your team? I think Alex and Georgia, where did they come from and how extensive was your kind of recruitment campaign to find them, Marina? Uh, it, it was wide and results were, um, yeah, it was an interesting process. I wouldn't say that recruitment's my favourite area of uh, small business, but it's one that's really necessary. Um, definitely implemented a lot of things from farm owners to follow that path. Um, Alex came across us on Seek and we just started chatting. Um, he wasn't ready to commit to um, a new job at that point in time, but we just got chatting and, um, yeah, it was, um, I suppose, our relationship just built and when he was um, ready. Um, he contacted us, uh, us, and yeah, it was um, easy decision to make. So, um, Georgia, we approached someone locally who we knew and had worked with, and um, yeah, that was um, it was easy bringing people in. I suppose being able to approach someone was a good experience, and then having someone come to us through um, like online advertisements and things good too. So, yeah, we've got to explore many different options of recruitment. Marina, we talk about the letting go of operational tasks and other tasks can be challenging. How have you and Brett found it having to let go of some of those things to make way for team? And with that too, how do you feel Alex and Georgia um, feel about you getting out of their way and entrusting them in the way that you have? I genuinely think we had to get out of our own way. So I know coming to Canada could be a bit drastic, but we had to get out to create space so, so new people could come in with new ideas and, and enthusiasm. Um, I could speak about the bookkeeping area of the business. That's um, something that was pretty close to my heart. Um, obviously, I did the finance and those kinds of things and juggling a young family and then starting up as a coach um, I was a bit short on time and 
bookkeeping wasn't my number one thing to go to. So um, over the years, Brett said, let's get a bookkeeper, let's outsource it. And I could never let go of that because that was my contribution to the farm. And, um, yeah, I just wasn't ready to let go. Um, But then this last year I've engaged uh, a bookkeeper, which has been incredible. (laughs) I should have done it years ago, but it took me a few years to get around to the idea of that. Um, Yeah, that's been a really good way that I've been able to delegate and outsource some of our operations to skilled people. Um, the cost isn't significant and the accountability is excellent. Like I've, we've just expanded our team and and now, um, yeah, that was a really positive change. Awesome. Thank you. Hey, um, what challenges do you reflect on having to overcome along the journey? There's been a few. Um, how do you reflect on some of those key challenges over the last sort of seven or eight years and you know moving through those over time yeah this was a great point to reflect on um young kids were um a challenge (laughs) obviously a joy as well and some part of our long-term plan um but every time a new kid came along it did um it pulled you back um back into the house and that was um, just something to work through. Uh, we've got three wonderful little rugrats with us now. Um, limiting beliefs, I think, were a challenge and something I'm still working through, um, which is, yeah, it's been an ongoing process. Uh, mindset is always a, a work in progress. Um, leading and delegating, I suppose, growing to the point where you need staff. Um, that's and we suddenly we're leading and, and delegating and that has been a learn. I suppose it doesn't always have to be a challenge. It's a learning experience and a learning opportunity. Um, at times we've sat in the wrong seats in our org chart when we were a smaller business. We're a jack of all trades and sometimes a master of none. Um, and it was it's good to be able to get to the point where we can start to effectively delegate and get the right people in the right seats. So. Yeah, we've had a few challenges and learning experiences over the years. Yeah. So you mentioned mindset. How do you reflect on how your mindset's changed over that time? How how do you look at the world differently now to to how you used to? I think I'm a lot more positive uh, and optimistic um, and a lot more grateful. So all things that I've just learned to introduce more readily into my day and it's having a, a positive impact on me and the people around me, so it's a good thing. Absolutely, Marina. And with your role, and we'll talk about this shortly, as a coach, you're just such a great example um, of exactly that for those that you now support. It's amazing. Um, what were some of the limiting beliefs, if I can ask, that you had that you've had to move through? Do you mind sharing around a few of those perhaps? Uh, yeah, and I think um, pretty strong ones around money mindset. That was a pretty eye-opening um, webinar that we watched on that. So things that, I don't know, around debt and growth and expansion and those kinds of things. I know I know that I've, we've probably missed a few opportunities because it just wasn't 
ready to take the plunge on some bigger things. So um, maybe it's good to be cautious, but I don't know. In hindsight, they were missed opportunities. So <laughs> yeah, it's so interesting. Without this learning around things like money mindset we can have a scarcity mentality or a fear-based mentality towards money and debt and growth decisions. I think, you know, becoming conscious of some of those constructs and then, you know, looking at those same opportunities or those same realities with a different mindset can just see a totally different set of outcomes. Is that a fair comment? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you mentioned being in the wrong seats and now having the ability to put people in the right seat in the org chart, bookkeeper being a great example, um, Alex and Georgia as well. How much more time and space in a normal week, even when you're home after Canada, will building out that org chart, putting people in their areas of strength and being willing to step away from those roles in the business, how much more time will that free up for you and for Brett? 80 percent of the week yeah, it's pretty, pretty significant yeah. yeah well done so with this change we asked you to join our team as an example of what's possible marina but just because of the person that you are to become a business and accountability coach with us now helping farming families sort of achieve on their journey toward a freedom farm how's that been for you becoming a coach um, and having that opportunity to to give back and and help others on on their journey. It's been incredible. Like if you can find a career that doesn't feel like work, like it's a wonderful feeling. I've never had that before. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was really very humbled and excited when you rang up and asked if I'd be interested. Um, so just prior to that, we'd worked on our cap and I had worked out, worked on what my why was. And I always thought I wanted to be know, be the boss or manage the farm or be the bank manager or something. Um, but it never, it was never the long-term goal, those things. Um, so I worked out that my why was around contribution and serving people in ag. Um, which sounds pretty simple, but that's the crux of what I love to do is be involved in ag and help others. So when I got clear on that and oh, it would have been like a month after you rang up and asked, I'm like, holy moly, I got goosebumps about that. And um, it just fits. It just aligns with who I am and what I want to do long term. And, yeah, really honoured to be able to be a part of so many family farms and their businesses and support them as they as they grow and achieve their own goals. So, yeah, love the job. What um, what have you enjoyed most and, and how do you reflect on some of the successes that you're seeing those members now have? I love getting to know the people, like they're all just genuinely awesome people. Um, I love supporting them in their highs and their lows. Um, we just become a big part of a part of their lives, which is great to be able to do that um, and be part, be someone in their corner. Um, and over the years, you see people are making great changes in their business and and doing things for themselves and their long term and yeah, gaining clarity and yeah, it's endless. But that support of 
their progress. Everyone's running their own journey and their own race, but everyone's progressing really well, and it's great to see that. Thanks, Marina. And how is it being part of the FOA community? And you know, we've got 150 farmers going through the Platinum Mastermind program and over 100 in alumni. Um, it's an amazing community of, of like-minded, growth-oriented, you know, committed farming families. What's it like being part of that and knowing that you can call on their support um, for your farm or in your new role um, at any time? That would be the number one best thing that I've got out of farm owners um, is being part of that supportive farm owners community. Um, it's incredible. Everyone's so genuine and honest and and means well that it's a great thing to be a part of. So, Thanks, Marina. So a couple of questions just to finish off. And I, I often ask these questions, but what would your advice be to a younger you if you got to have a conversation to someone or yourself 10 years ago? Um, what advice would you have for that person? Uh, be vulnerable. <laughs> uh, open up. Open up quicker and, yeah, ask. Something I've learned in coaching is, um, <clears throat> pardon, is asking good questions and getting someone else to do most of the talking and I'm not doing the talking. So, yeah, listen. Good. Awesome. And equally, if there are listeners out there that have their plans in their head um, and haven't committed to a BHAG or a set of goals or a really tight strategic plan, um, might not be making time to put structures and systems into their business. And, and even someone who might be thinking about building out a team and hesitating, what would your advice be to them given that you've recently really committed to those things and are now getting to enjoy the outcome? Um, what would your advice be to them? Um, there's a few different points in there. So I suppose we've all been there. So be kind to yourself. Um, yeah, we're not perfect in any means, but you can change things for the better at a drop of a hat. So for us, it was around commitment. Um, if you're struggling, reach out and ask for help. Um, if you've got a coach or a mentor or someone who can support you, um, just say, I'm struggling with this. And then they, it's sometimes it's hard to see the forest for the trees. So get someone who could help you help you do that. And yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Marina. So Marina, one last question. How does the future look now for your family? And what are some of the broad goals that you um will now aspire to now that you've you've achieved your BHAG and, and you're enjoying this celebration? Our future looks bright. Um, it's exciting and we don't know what it looks like, but it's it's exciting. Um, goals and priorities going forward would be to get the most out of our adventure in Canada. We've got four months and lots of things we want to achieve. Um, on, a, on the farm, it's around resetting our cap. Um, it's pretty blank at the minute, so a great opportunity to do that. Um, continue to support our team and improve our systems um, to support them. For us, it's about keep learning and improving ourselves, and I dare say there'll be a goal in there about getting Brett back in 
back in the track to see it, I think. Right, he's enjoying being on the track and doing some cropping in Canada, is he? He absolutely is. <laughs> so another expansion step, including a new enterprise by the sounds. Yeah, <laughs> plenty of time to dream up these ideas. <laughs> hey, um, respectful that it's probably 10 o'clock at night over where you are, Marina. Um, I just want to say on behalf of the FOA team, thank you for being such an incredible coach to our community. Congratulations on setting down a BHAG, you know, eight years ago and staying true to that. And congratulations on the goal achieved of being able to take your family over to Alberta, Canada and have four months um, living that dream while your team are at home keeping an eye on operations of your farm. It's a huge achievement. It's a great example for other members of our community yeah, and sincerely thank you and congratulations. Thank you, Hutch. And there you have it, a great conversation with Marina Gregor. Amazing to think what they've achieved in the last seven or eight years, taking on the farm, growing it by 30%, increasing their stocking rates by 50%, building out a team in the last six months, structuring and systemising their business so that they can go and achieve a lifelong dream of four months living in Canada with their family. It's amazing to hear the fact that they've arrived in Canada, that they're adventuring, giving their young children that incredible experience. And all the while, their Freedom Farm operates strongly on Kangaroo Island without them. Um, as I said, Marina, it's just amazing having you part of the FOA team and now giving back and helping our Platinum Mastermind members achieve their goals in a similar way. I hope you've enjoyed that and I very much look forward to a whole lot more stories and case studies from our Platinum Mastermind and alumni members. Thank you, everyone. Take care. Until next time, bye for now. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Profitable Farmer podcast by Farm Owners Academy. If you're new to this show, be sure to follow us. If you've been a long-time listener, let your friends know about us or come continue the conversation in the Profitable Farmer Facebook group. All the best as you grow your business and create your freedom farm. Until next time, keep being incredible.